Watch Matt Mosley's show. ESPN Central Texas. Glad to be joined right now by the radio voice of the Dallas Mavericks. It is Chuck Cooperstein. And, uh, Chuck, this is uh, this is an exciting time of the year. And I, I got to tell you, you know how much I love the NBA. And I know you don't always agree with all my tweets and all that, but it's just fun. NBA Twitter's fun. We get out there. And last night, I mean, the TNT, having that gang back together, uh, it, it just – it just feels right. Are you, uh, are you uh, as ex- excited about this season as you have been in a long time, sir? I am. Uh, just you know, new new things around the Mavericks, and uh, you know, it seems like there's uh, just a different vibe about them uh, coming into the season. Uh, you know, a, a great opening test uh, against Atlanta uh, tomorrow night, and. Uh, knowing that uh, every night I get to watch arguably one of the two or three best players in basketball do his thing. It's pretty special. Yeah, I I, I kind of thought about that today. You talk about how things have changed, and there was like a dog running around at practice. Uh, Luca's uh, dog, I, the name escapes me all of a sudden. It's a nice-looking dog, kind of a white I don't know exactly what. Do you know the breed of that dog, uh, Coop? I don't. I, I, am not a, I am not a dog person. Even though, even though I live, even though I live with dogs, my, my, my wife is the dog person. She, she, she understands. It's a good looking dog. And it was, just, he was trying to do some leg workouts and the dog was just right there at his feet. And something, I, I saw this whole scene and I thought, this just does not seem like Rick Carlisle scene, like with a dog running around and the reporters having a, having a big time. I mean, it is weird, uh, Chuck. I mean, I, I and, and again, we both had had good relationships with Rick over the years, um, but that it, it just seemed like that relationship was going to go on and go on because he was so close to Mark, and it was su- such a sudden type thing that happened. Um, this, you're right. This has to have just a completely different feel. Um, is is the kid? Are you getting a, a sense already of like? What are some of the differences that grab your attention about the way even that, that Jason Kidd runs things as opposed to all these years with Carlisle? Well, I, I think even though Jason's on his third head coaching job and, yeah. you know, he's been coaching, he's been coaching now really for the last, what, this will be his uh, ninth year as a head, as a coach, including, uh, you know, two years as an assistant with the Lakers. Uh, he's still not that far removed from playing that he that he kind of gets players, and you know that that looseness that you're talking about with the with with Luca uh, today, um, it it is something that I mean it's 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 really difficult to quantify because usually it, the way I look at it like there's a looseness about them, and yet they are still incredibly competitive when they play when they practice you know when they're when they're doing their drills. Um, and that's, you know, kid was incredibly competitive. I mean, you can't last as long as he lasted, do all the things he did without being as incredibly competitive as he was. And yet he has found a way to, to, to walk that line of looseness slash fun with the competitiveness and, and the detail that obviously is necessary for you to win. Uh, I mean, that's the thing that, that's been really laudable. You know, he, you go to practice, he, he doesn't raise his voice. Uh, he, but he gets his point across. 
And, uh, you know, he mentioned that his time in L.A. uh, the last couple of years working with Frank Vogel uh, really taught him a lot about communication and how to best communicate with players. Uh, He seems to be far more aware than uh, what he was when he was in Brooklyn and Milwaukee. And you know what, Matt? You would hope that anybody would learn from their experiences. And it looks like he has. Yeah, talking to Chuck Cooperstein, the Matt Mosley Show, ESP in Central Texas. I mean, we've we've always kind of had that thought that it's hard for superstars to be great head coaches a lot of times because they just it's hard to relate. They have such high standards. It doesn't it just doesn't always translate. I mean, I guess Bird had some moments with the Pacers, but it wasn't like he was doing it for a long period of time. You just don't often see just flat out superstars. Um, no. But but maybe, like you say, maybe kids other stops and in in, in in the fact that that he has the relationship with this organization that he does. Um, maybe this is the right voice at the right time. We can kind of keep our fingers crossed. I I also think it's great for Porzingis that he has a new voice, and this gives everybody a a chance to kind of hit the restart button on what had become kind of a messy thing in last year's playoffs with him out standing in the corner and just quite honestly not being a a, a huge part of the team. What are you sensing uh, from that whole situation? Obviously, he's healthier now than he was at the start of last season. But other than that, what are you sensing chemistry-wise with uh, Porzingis? Uh, It's there. I mean, he, he, he he can't stop smiling because he knows that he's going to be involved, you know, from the get-go. Uh, but I think it's, it's most uh, notable just because, as you mentioned, he's healthy. It's the first time that he's been healthy since February of, 27, uh, of 2017, you know, when he heard his name. Uh, you know, he's, he's not been – or 2018, I should say, 2018. He's not been the same player since then. And – uh, you know, he's had moments, like when he was in the bubble. I mean, he was fa- absolutely fantastic, and then he got hurt, you know, in game three of the Clippers series. Uh, you know, last year, offensively, he was fine. In fact, he was probably more efficient than he's ever been. Uh, but it was the inability to defend the rim that became rather problematic for the Mavericks and ultimately what is going to tell the story this year with this team. It's not about Luka. I mean, as much as Luka is the superstar of this team – uh, you know, they will always be able to reach a certain level just because Luca is playing. The question is how much farther can they go? And if Porzingis is that player he was prior to his knee injury and what he was in the bubble, then the Mavericks have a chance to really turn some heads and do something special. And, you know, obviously even just beyond getting out of the first round of the playoffs, which they've not been able to do for a decade. All right, I, I like the fact that Tyson Chandler has been spotted around. I guess he's sort of uh, not officially a coach. He's a volunteer but, coach, and, and yeah. Matt, I'm glad you brought him up because i tell you what, it's his vibe is just tremendous. Just, you know, <laughs> it's just how he was when he came here and he played and, and what he meant to the Mavericks, uh, you know, from that leadership standpoint. Uh, he He brings that to this team every day, even if he's not officially a member of the coaching staff, I mean, you, you can just tell, you can feel his presence in the room. 
and the Mavericks are far better off for that. Yeah, yeah, and those young – I mean, it's like he's been assigned to one of those young players. I think it's Moses. Uh, Moses I, Brown, it, yeah. Yeah, Moses Brown. I That's been cool. I mean, any as many 2011 uh, teammates as you can bring back. Dirk's, Dirk's uh, obviously uh, around the team, going to be around the team even more, it seems. Kids coaching. Where's Jet hanging out, by the way? Can we get – can we get Jet, Jet in here? He's uh, actually in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He is the head coach of Denver's G League team that is based there. Okay. All right. Um, and then Matrix. Is Matrix hanging around? Uh, he is. I, I do believe he built quite a very large uh, estate out uh, on uh, <laughs> Lake Ray Harbor. Okay, good, good. I just As many players, I'd like to get Peja back and just get as many players from that team as possible. Um, uh, so that, uh, that was, that was a lot of fun. This is going to be, this is going to be tremendous talking to Chuck Cooperstein about these Dallas Mavericks and they get started in Atlanta. And, uh, I mean, that's a team I was listing a minute ago. I was thinking, okay, who all has a shot at, at winning a title? And, and the fun thing about this season is you remember those, those years, wherever LeBron was be like, okay. They seem like they're going to be the team, and everybody else is kind of – or Golden State had all those years. This is a really cool season in the fact that I, I kind of think you could – I think you could go about like eight deep maybe and like make a case for eight possible teams um, to win it all. Are you getting that same vibe when you look around, you know, knowing that we don't exactly know what the Lakers are going to be? Well, you're talking about just in the West because I think Brooklyn yeah. and Milwaukee are clearly the two best teams in the East. And yeah, but I'm kind of talking one, about one, everybody who, yeah, having a shot to win it all. Like, yeah, and I would certainly include yeah, I, Milwaukee and I mean, Brooklyn. I, I, I would say there, there are probably you know six to eight teams that can that can think that way. You know, that if certainly if things break right for them, that they are capable of winning it all. And that does make it different, and it does it does make it uh, more exciting. And frankly, while I was not initially a fan of the playing concept, uh, it, and listen, the the likelihood of it hitting the way it did last year when you had the Lakers and Warriors playing a, a, a knockout game, uh, which was just incredible theater, the chances of that happening uh, are, are are probably slim. But the idea that People are going to have to play more games uh, and will wind up playing more games that matter because the last thing you want to do is to get into the playoff situation, in, into the play-in situation. And, uh, uh, you know, and then even beyond that, you know, for the teams that really uh, are in the top six, I mean, you, you probably want to create the, the best seed for yourself as you can possibly get. So, uh, I think that the NBA, from that standpoint, is in a really great place. There are, you know, the, the the young stars in the league, you know, especially you know from the draft of 2018. That that's going to ultimately be, you know, the seminal draft of of this decade, just as 2003 was last decade, or the you know the decade before. Um, you know, it's the league's just in a really good place right now. Yeah, mainly, uh, Chuck, because there are more Baylor Bears in the league. I mean, isn't that really? <laughs> well, I'll oh, tell you what, all, all three, well, certainly, uh, you know, the the guys from uh, the championship team last year, uh, they're, 
they're they're going to have they're going to help their teams. I mean, you know, I don't know so much about Maceo, but uh, you know, certainly Butler. Uh, you know, we we saw Butler play uh, the Mavericks in the uh, yeah. first preseason game, and he was tremendous. I mean, again, you don't worry about the result. You're you're just looking at what you see and who he's doing it against, and he's going to find himself getting some time in Utah. And obviously, you know, Mitchell in Sacramento. I mean, they they pretty much have aged him, uh, Buddy healed out of there because of him. And, uh, you know, they, they've been so bad defensively for so long that he can't help but make them better defensively. So, yeah. uh, you know, those, those two for sure. And look, you know, Scott's got more in the, in the, in the pipeline there and the, there, there'll be more players that'll be in the, in the NBA next year, just, you know, coming out of the, coming out of Waco. Does this Mavs team, I, I like, you got me thinking about defense just then off night Mitchell. Does this Mavs team have like, who is there? Do you see some lineups where you could fill? I mean, obviously they haven't gotten the defense to where they want it. Lucas can get better, and he has, he's has his moments and everything. But this team's primarily known as an, an efficient offensive team that scores like crazy. They've wanted to get better on defense. Do you think Kid is 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 he going to try to make major inroads there? And who do you think can be a couple of those players that really take strides in that area? Well, it's, you know, all Jason has done since he got the job was talk about how they've got to get better defensively. And, you know, uh, Sean Sweeney, his defense coordinator, who's been with him in Brooklyn, with him in Milwaukee, you know, he's here to try to get it right. Um, and I, they, they have changed up a few things uh, in principles and what they want to do. But the way they're going to get better defensively is if Porzingis is better defensively and especially around the rim. You know, you're not expecting Porzingis to go out there and guard people, 20 people in the basket. But what you are expecting him to do is to be able to make life miserable for people around the rim. And at least in the preseason games uh, and, you know, the practices that I've seen, uh, he's doing exactly that. And that, that is where the greatest improvement uh, is going to come. But uh, I, I think everybody, everybody's just buying into the concept. They're, they're, they're buying into the principles. Uh, of, of what's being taught. You know, I, I don't know if it's easier or more difficult. I haven't had a chance to talk to enough players to, to you know, get, get a gauge on that. But it just seems like they're, they're more dialed in in that area because they know they're going to be good offensively. They know they're going to score points. Uh, but they just have to be able to be something better than 18th or 19th in the league in defense. If, if they could be somewhere around the top 10, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's asking them to be Utah defensively, uh, but they, they can't be Sacramento defensively either. I mean, they, they've just got to be better than that. Well, I agree. And, man, I'm excited to hear you call these games. And uh, it all starts tomorrow night as the uh, Mavs take on an Atlanta team, as I usually do. I was leading to some kind of Atlanta question a little while ago, but I, I ended up on some other topic. So, uh, but I think that uh, I, I, that Atlanta team's fun, and 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 obviously those two, those two, you know, Luca and Trey. I mean, it's just that forever. We'll compare those two. So that's a fun matchup to start. And by the way, Coop, great to see Mike Peasley, my buddy Chris Gross. Um, I mean, as much as he regrets to tell people. He, I, I was kind of one of his mentors, and that may have been part of his struggle in life. And, Coop, it's great <laughs> to see everybody back together. So it'll be fun to hear you on the Eagle. The Eagle, that'll be interesting. Yep. I may, on the yeah. Mighty Eagle. The Mighty Eagle, big signal. So uh, uh, every, 
excuses anymore for folks in Dallas Forward to say, well, we can't hear the game on radio. Well, it's, <laughs> it's definitely there on radio, and you know, you've got the the power of the corporate uh, iHeart folks behind it, and uh, yeah. it's going to be on the iHeart app too. So, uh, you know, serious and what have you. There, there are a million ways to listen, and we hope people do. And if they do, I think they're going to be hearing. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know about the actual announcing part of it, but they'll be hearing a really good product because the Mavericks have a chance to be really good. <laughs> now, the announcing, man, that's why I tune in to hear you call these games. Thank you, Chuck, and, and uh, best of luck starting this new season. Appreciate you having me, Matt. Take care.